0: All right. Well, thank you for having me. Um, Well, my name is Michael. Um, I'm a 33-year-old guy from Denmark. Um, And now I'm here, and in front of you guys. And you don't know who I am, but I have the mic. (laughs) And thank you for for just, (laughs) for listening now. It's awesome to be invited into this community and just feel welcome right away. Um, There's no test, there's no waiting and see, it's just you are welcome as you are, and thank you for that, I feel that. So, um, I was talking to Carl, um, I think three weeks ago, um, over video chat, and we got to talk, and when we talk it always ends up in theology, because that's what we like, and we, I started mentioning something about Philippians 2, and and he was like, well, actually, when you come to visit, I'm just visiting here, uh, when you come to w- visit, um, we're trying to go through what he called the postures of foes, and that fits perfectly into what we want to do. Would you like to give the message, and I guess I said yes, because I'm here now. So um, what we're going to be talking about today is the posture of what's called "be gardeners, not gangsters, and the principle of flourishing. So yeah, let's get into it. If we can have the, the passage up there. I'll just open this up. All right. So it's Philippians 2, starting in verse 5, and I'm reading from uh, the NIV. And it says, In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue acknowledged Jesus Christ as Lord to the glory of God the Father. So, that's the scripture. That's uh, our starting point for tonight in exploring what it means to be a gardener, not a gangster. I like that. It's pretty cool. And this passage is really interesting. Um, I am. I do have a Master of Theology from the University of, of Copenhagen, um, so I'm going to go into a little bit of nerd theology, theologizing. Um, if we can get the passage back up. This piece of writing here. All right. Um, um, This text could very well, probably is, be the oldest text in the New Testament. And if you look in the NIV here, it's set up in a different way because it's probably, actually, a poem. It's probably something that was around at the time Paul was writing this that was uh, being circulated in churches, in Christian communities, and he's using that. He probably didn't invent this. He probably didn't um, write this. Well, of course, he wrote it down. But this is probably something he heard from, from someone else. So this could very well be very old, very early, very original. And in theology, original is always good. And what he's talking about here is um, this mindset of Christ and earlier he's been talking about this mindset that is other than what he calls selfish ambition Uh, selfish ambition shows up in verse 3 a little earlier and also in chapter 1 verse 17 he talks about selfish ambition, preaching Christ out, out of a selfish ambition. Um, and to me, selfish ambition kind of embodies the idea of a gangster. A gangster is someone who is uh, trying to get ahead of the world and will utilize power in every way uh, in order to get ahead. And he's saying here, this is the opposite of that. It's not selfish ambition. It's this mindset of, well, what is it? And what we're going to talk about here is um, a mindset that is so opposite selfish ambition um, that it's actually a little bit of a weird thing. It's kind of like um, unnatural because it's so easy to get caught up in, well, selfish ambition, that's a bad word, but just ambition, right? Wanting to do good, wanting to get ahead. But we'll be talking about what do you get out of it, right? Ambition, selfish ambition about getting something out of it. Well, what is the benefit? What is the benefit of faith? What is, what was the benefit of of being made nothing? In order to, to talk about that, I like to talk about prayer. Because, um... because I want to tell you a story. There was um, a couple of years ago, I was, I was working at a hotel, uh, the Marriott in Copenhagen. And um, I was going to work, and I borrowed my parents' car. And uh, I was a little bit late, so I just put the car in a, a parking lot, and I didn't actually pay for parking. I just went in. I thought I'll, I'll do it later. I'll do it later. I'll get to it. I just I just need to check in, clock in on time, and then I'll take care of that. And I and I prayed to God. Uh, God, please don't give me. Don't let me get a parking ticket. Um, yeah, that's what I did. That's what I did. And the whole day, as I was working, I was like, oh, please don't let me get a parking ticket. God, please hold your hand over the vehicle. Don't, don't let me get a parking ticket. And, of course, the whole working day went. It was very busy. Um, And the whole day I was praying, please, God, don't let me get a parking ticket. And I never got to go out. And as I was finishing up my my shift, I went out to the car and I was praying the whole way, please, God, don't let there be a parking ticket. Don't let, please don't. And as I was walking up to the car, I could see the parking attendant walking away from the car. And, of course, there was a parking ticket. And something broke in me that night. If I were to describe it, it would be like, you know when you're sitting in a restaurant and you hear someone drop a plate and you're like, that, that broke. You can definitely tell, yeah, that went on the floor and that broke. And that's what happened. And I started thinking about prayer and what a, the mindset of my prayer and how the whole time, a whole day, I've been praying to, well, for a shortcut, right? To get out ahead. I, I didn't want it to pay for the parking. I was hoping to get it easier. Like, I was hoping for some divine blessing favor so I didn't have to pay for parking. And I started thinking, well, there was something about how praying for eight hours for something, and then when I got out to the car, seeing the um, parking attendant walking away, it was like God was telling me, that's not what prayer is. That's not how it works. Why did you not spend eight hours praying to be the kind of person who pays for his parking, who doesn't try to cheat, who doesn't try to have an unfair advantage? And ever since then, I've been thinking about prayer differently. About how it's not about getting out ahead about an unfair advantage or leveraging God for your own benefit. And um, I, was, um, I was once reading about a survey of prayer, um, about how, because apparently people study these things. Uh, in hospitals, people who are sick... Um, how when communities pray for them, uh, well, what is the difference between the people who are prayed for and, and people who were not prayed for? And to be honest, there's not much of a difference. Well, One, one survey I said, or I, um, I saw, uh, said, well, it was, they were not recovering as well because there was an added sense of, um, well, just blanking on the word here. Um, expectation, right? They were expected to get well, so they didn't. And this kind of talking about prayer is very different, very alien from the kind of understanding I was brought up with. Um, I was always told to pray for everything and uh, let God handle it. Praying in the name of Jesus. And I remember this one time at, uh, at Bible college. Um, whenever we would get together uh, for class, someone would pray ahead of class, right? And this one time, well, not one time, several times, I would be praying. And then this one time, This lady came up to me afterwards and says, you never pray in the name of Jesus. I was like, what do you mean? But you never say in the name of Jesus. And I thought, is that what you mean by praying in the name of Jesus? She was upset that my prayer didn't end with the phrase, in the name of Jesus, amen. And I thought, how can you think that praying in the name of Jesus is simply about saying the words in the name of Jesus? This is not magic. It's not And magical phrase that you sprinkle on in the end. Praying in the name of Jesus is about having this mindset here, which is something very different. It's something very dangerous, actually, because it's about being made to nothing, which is Paul, uh, which Paul is telling us is the mindset that Christ had about sacrifice about becoming nothing, which is a very different way of thinking about this. And um, I'm just gonna bring something out. Okay, thanks. I'm more of a visually minded guy, so I hope you as well, so. I would like to have a whiteboard so I can show you something. So back in Bible college days, we would study this passage as well. And um, our teacher would tell us that, well, you could actually graph out the dynamics of the passage by, let's say that we start up with um, God here, right? and That's where Jesus starts. And then he humbles himself. Into the being of a man, even the being of a servant or slave, if you want to get technical, even death on a cross. Downward mobility, right? And then they would say, and then because of that, God will give him a name that was above every name, and you shoot back up to the top, right? So it's going down and then back up. But I don't think that's right. I honestly don't think that's right. Because, as Paul is saying, he did not consider being in the... Well, let me, let me get it right. He, who being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Or in the Greek, something to be ceased Something to be hold on to. So, if we have nothing down here, because that was what Paul is telling us, rather he made himself nothing. But that's what they would tell us. He went from God into the being of man, um, a slave, death on the cross, and that's why he gets. The name that is about every name being exalted and on high. But that kind of defeats the point, right? It was about not holding on to equality with God. Or being in the likeness of God. Not being something to being seized, grasped, hold on to. So, what I'm thinking now, this isn't right. That would defer, defeat the purpose It's not that it goes back on the top. It's this way of looking at the one who was in the very being of God completely puts everything upside down. Now, I can't turn it the other way around because that would still be the same general idea. But what I'm thinking that Paul is getting at Is that this down here? That's being like God. That is what is exalted. That is what is worthy of the name above every name. And this way of thinking about God up here and power and prestige, that is nothing. And the nothing is God. And that puts the whole thing. Upside down, just like it did with prayer for me. Right. It wasn't about power or advantage or benefit. It was the opposite getting rid of it, being made nothing. And that's a weird way of thinking. That's, it's this God like mindset that's certainly not human, certainly not human nature. Because what we hear here is the low point is the high point. But that's wrong, up is up, and down is down. But now, because of this man, Jesus, on the cross, down is up, and and up is down, and everything's wrong. And the Gospel of John, for me, um, really puts this in perspective. Because so many times uh, throughout that gospel, John is writing that Jesus says, when I'll be lifted up, I'll draw all men to me. When I'll be lifted up. But what is the lifting up? Well, I I think the lifting up is the crucifixion. But that's the low point. No, that's the high point. But that's the low point. It's all mixed up. And the funny thing is that we don't like to think about God-like things like that, about low points. If I were to tell you that maybe Jesus didn't get to have a rich man's um, grave, but let's imagine he was thrown out in the garbage dump and wild animals came and ate his flesh. You would say, no, that's not right. That's not something God would do. That's, that's not dignified. That's not, that sounds wrong, right? But we've gotten so used to the word crucifixion and cross that we're forgetting that crucifixion would be way more undignified, way weirder for anyone to connect with God or godliness at that point. People would definitely prefer to be thrown at the dump and eaten than crucified. This is the lowest point that any human being can ever get. Crucifixion was uh, preferred for, or reserved um, for, the lowest of the low. Uh, if you were a Roman citizen, you couldn't be crucified, because that would be undignified. So that's, that's the example before, is have this mindset, okay? So this is, as, as far as I can tell, the most opposite of being a gangster that you can come across, pun intended. And that's what we're talking about here, um, being gardeners, not gangsters. It's a topsy-turvy, weird, upside-down way of thinking, but that's, I think, the Christian message. There's, a, there's another part of uh, the Bible I really like, or many parts, but <laughs> that really brings out this gardeners, not gangsters, um, theme, and that's in uh, Matthew thirteen twenty-four. The Parable of the Weeds. If you don't know it, I'll, I'll, um, I'll read it. Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. When the wheat sprouted and formed heads, then the weeds also appeared. The owner's servants came to him and said, Sir. Didn't you sow good seed in your field? Where then did the weeds come from? An enemy did this, he replied. The servants asked him, Do you want us to go and pull them up? No, he answered, because while you're pulling the weeds, you may uproot the wheat with them. Let them both grow together until the harvest. At that time, I will tell the harvesters, First collect the weeds and tie them in bundles to be burned, then gather the wheat and bring it into my barn." Now, we were talking about being gardeners, but that's with a caveat, because we're not talking about ordinary gardeners. This weird um, up-is-down, not-the-usual-way-of-doing-things motif still applies. Because let me tell you, um, my great-grandfather was actually a gardener, and he did not let... Weeds grow with the wheat. Being a gardener is all about uh, pruning and taking care of um, the the things that you want to grow. um, Making sure that the things you don't want uh, are uprooted. Right? But what we hear in this parable is um, let them both grow. And that to me is the principle of flourishing, which is what you're trying to do with this community. The principle of flourishing is let them grow together. And it doesn't say why. It's not that kind of parable. Some of the parables say, this is why. It doesn't. Here's my guess. Why? Why? Um, we can't actually know what is wheat and what is wheat even two words very uh, close in English what is the tares and what is the the good fruit don't try to uproot what you don't like don't try to uh, get rid of things you don't feel belongs that is exactly the opposite of the mindset we hear in uh, in Philippians Jesus didn't came and uprooted what he didn't like. He himself was uprooted. And um, that is my hope for this community. That uh, you will have this mindset of Christ. Be careful though. It's a a dangerous thing. Um, Praying in the name of Jesus is praying in the name of the crucified one. It's not all sunshine and, and butterflies we're about to take of, of the bread and the cup and uh, you are what you eat. It's a dangerous thing. It's not about getting out ahead. It's not about benefit. It's this weird thing called faith that doesn't actually make a whole lot of sense. But it's beautiful in its own weird way. So that's my hope for this community, that you'll be uh, gardeners with your, uh, with a principle of flourishing. Not trying to uproot things that you feel shouldn't be there, but this very counterproductive, I would say, principle of letting it all grow. (laughs) so gardeners not gangsters I like that